Hello, hello, and welcome to Intentional Sounding. This is the Draw Play Podcast, your number one source for everything Anime Santa, the property that's too hot for Hollywood studios. Yeah, they're everyone's scared. It's just too impressive. It's too radical. I've I've had a lot of people ask me about it lately, and they want to know where's Anime Santa. And I gotta I gotta break the bad news. It's just like we're too. We're thinking too far ahead. The the thing is, we we had uh, so Taika Waititi signed on, uh, had like got like twenty pages into into a script, and was like, I can't, I can't do this justice. Uh, we got Spielberg attached to the project. Same thing happened with him. Uh, Michael Bay took one look at it, and his brain exploded through his skull. Uh, we had all the heavy hitters, and not not one of them. Uh, felt they were up to the task so we're kind of we're kind of trying we're 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 trying some non-traditional ways of getting the story out there but nothing uh nothing to report as of yet unfortunately yeah yeah like right now we under we understand the project's in a bit of development hell yeah yeah but this is something that we want to make sure is done right we don't want just like so like because we got approached by brett ratner he was just like yeah yeah no i'm interested and we're like no Mm-hmm. We are not giving you control over this property, and we're not we're not selling Anime Santa the property to any studio until we can do this right. So we're holding on to the rights for Anime Santa because we want to make sure that everything is done correctly and to justice. This 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 actually leads uh, me to another point I want to make. We've seen we've seen all of you on Redbubble trying to sell bootleg Anime Santa merchandise, and this is your final warning. Listen. We know you're out there. We appreciate the fact that we that Anime Santa has such devoted fans, but if we if we see you trying to profit off of our intellectual property, we will sue you and and take your house. We will we'll do yeah. it. This is your last warning. I can use a Ta- summer home. Mm-hmm. I'll take yours. Yep. Yep. So so this is your last warning. Take it down now. Uh we we again, we love fan art. Please post it on your Twitter, your Pinterest, your Tumblr, uh, whatever. Uh, Deviant Art, if you're on there. Uh, we love fan art. Uh, we love hearing from. We love fan fiction. But but if you if you do sell work that is based on our copyrighted intellectual property and infringes on it in any way, uh, we will sue you so hard that that our lawyers will legally give us the ability to rip your gold fillings out of your teeth. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like, if you just come to us with the pictures first and they're good enough, we may just ask you for correct, for the right to, you know, yeah. use that as right. our own merchandise and we'll just give you a cut. It'll there you be go. like one percent of the profits and you'll feel like you've been cheated but you'll get something out of and it and you'll still the important thing is you'll still have your house and your teeth and exposure there you go there you go three for three all you really need so that's that's our anime santa update i know a lot of people were mentioning it and everybody's really excited you, I have you've been person. asking yeah there's the the yeah. the sub the our anime santa subreddit has really been uh you know really been absolutely active the past few days so so we wanted to get I mean, that out there right now it, it makes sense and like i've seen stuff on there that they're they're talking about like 
anime Easter Bunny because they're bored. Yeah. Because our project is coming out. And, like, I want to stress that the Easter Bunny anime version, that sucks. Yes, it does. Like, don't support that shit just no. because you're waiting for us. We're going to get this, but good things come to those who wait. Right, right. Anyway, I'm your host, Draw Play Dave Rapocio, and with me, as always, is my delightful co-host, Sam Gressis. Hello! It's me again. I've been here the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, if you were an anime sidekick, which, which personality oh boy. would you have? There are so fucking many. Uh, so, <laughs> let's go with, um, there are a bunch. Um, my favorite anime, so, sidekick or side character in recent history. Do you watch uh, My Hero Academia at all? Uh, my wife's had it on. Okay. I think I, I saw, like the second season because she, i was in the room when she was playing binging through that uh-huh. so i i'm aware got it that's one of the ones um if you're not aware it's one of the ones that like one punch man um like it's it's one of the ones that is like really really popular over here uh for some reason it's just really kind of made headway uh in the same way that like dragon ball z probably because it has to do with superheroes yeah yeah probably and it's in like it's well it's really well written too all the powers are really cool um and yeah it, it, it also it's one of those things that that really threads the line pretty good but like that pixar does when they make something that's for kids but also adults really dig it too uh just because it's like funny and well written and stuff whatever uh there's a character uh denki kaminari uh who uses electricity uh and he's like it's kind of not an edgelord but he he kind of is good friends with one of the asshole characters um and he's he's just kind of a generally easygoing but like super uh headstrong dumbass a little bit you know and yeah. and his his special power, if he uses it too much, he just turns into this dude who just goes around and gives everyone thumbs ups the whole time and is completely useless. So that is that is probably my uh, uh, I guess uh, my inner anime uh, side character is probably that guy. Nice, I can see that. What? I think I would probably be. The dude who's quiet and mysterious and only mm-hmm. talks and shows up at random moments to be like, and then does like some cool ninja shit and then goes back to brooding. There's there's one of those in uh, My Hero Academia too. He... There's one of those in every anime. That's true. That's, That's very true. It's not. Yeah, yeah. That, yep. is, that, is, yep. that is 100% a trope. Like, For sure. When anime Santa gets made, I'm pretty sure one of our reindeer is that person. Oh, God. Hell yeah. Yes, absolutely. I, I I, I'd have to go back and check the notes, but it's probably like Donner or Blitzen, mm-hmm. one of those yeah, two. Yeah, oh man. It's definitely yeah. the brooder. Mm-hmm. The we, brooder of the crew. There's there's the pervert of the crew. Oh god, oh god, yeah. Which, the pervert nerd. It's it's either depending on like how bad your anime is, it's either like a nerd or a nerd and a pervert, right? With the glasses yeah. you can't see through. Uh I think that was that was like the one thing. I do remember about My Hero Academia was there's the one little character who's like Oh god, pervert, yeah, yeah, and he's who, like the biggest oh, pervert in the world yeah, and it was just kind absolutely. of awkward and uncomfortable every time he talked. Uh-huh. 
Yep. I'd get I'd I'd be kind of half paying attention. I'd be like, oh, this show seems kind of interesting, and then I'd be half paying attention, and that character would show up. I'm like, oh right, it's anime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Every, there's got to be one perv. Yep. 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 Um. So why don't we start here? I know usually you usually start with topics, but uh, I wanted to start tonight oh, because uh, Sam's because, got opinions. Well, no, I don't. I was going to ask you something. Um, uh-huh. Yesterday, you did a a successful, a very successful, has a ton of comments on it. Reddit AMA. To be fair, I think I'm half the comments because I just kind of answered everything. Well, fair, but. But still, I, I, I want to know kind of like I'm because I, I kind of was scrolling through because I missed it in the moment. But I um, I kind of scrolled wow, through. What a friend you are. I know. I know. Right. I know. Right. Uh, um, I got reached out to. Yeah. If you don't know, I did a uh, Reddit AMA for the NFL subreddit. I was approached probably like three, four, like r- roughly a month ago by the uh the account on Twitter that is related to RNFL, whoever runs that contacted me just like, Hey, would you be interested? And I was just like, lol, people actually give a shit. And he was like, we we're doing like a series on like indie content creators. Oh, cool. Who do football stuff. And your name got floated pretty early. So I was like, all right, whatever. Heck yeah. It's just going to be like 50 or 60 questions asking about sexy Rexy. What? Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, yesterday I, I went out and I posted the thing, posted a picture of me drinking, and was like, hey, ask me anything. And I got some pretty good questions, and only maybe like 10 or 20 were about sexy Rexy. Mm-hmm. So it was, mm-hmm. it was pretty good. But I did see at least two people mention Anime Santa, which is why I felt it was important to bring this up at the beginning of this podcast, just so everyone has a sense of where that is. Yeah. At the moment. Uh, at, um, or, you know, what is it? H slash whatever the Reddit thing is, or it's you slash, uh, PM underscore me underscore Kim underscore Zhang, uh, hyphen un. Uh, you'll be, you'll be glad to know that, that we are still, that property is, still in our in our grasp and we are still actively working on it yes it's just it's it's in the process but yep we've i did the ama if you want to read my stupid answers you can go ahead um it should be on my social media the link to it it's a it's a good one it's a um if there's a lot of like actually cool stuff like i didn't know like behind the scenes stuff about like uh when it's hard to make comics, um, what your favorite comics are. There's a lot of, so there are also a lot of questions. I was surprised that it's not like, oh, uh, you know, what do you want to do about, like, what? why don't you make more comics about Sexy Rexy or whatever? There was one is like, okay, so if you had to only pick one subject and it's Sexy Rexy or uh, Don't Care Bear, who would it be? And I was like, huh, that's a good question. Uh, anyway, so yeah, if you're if you're if you're a fan of the podcast, it actually was an extremely difficult question. I bet, I bet, I was just like shit. Like, sexy Rexy is super fun, but mm-hmm. he is kind of he has been out of the league for a while, and don't care. Like Jay Cutler, he was quite the character, and there was 
there, there's a lot of enjoyment to have of someone just not giving a shit about things. And I've made a lot of Jay Cutler comics. Right. Right. I had that whole Jay Cutler doesn't give a shit week pretty That's early true. On. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was not, not, you know, not nothing. The other thing is like, is don't care bear. Like they're both so ripe for, I like the, the characters are just so easy to put in any situation and, and make content about. It's so, so good. See, actually I disagree with that about don't care bear. Really? I actually, don't care bear after like the first couple comics was actually pretty hard huh, to come okay. up with something for it because like I mentioned it in the AMA, but essentially with a lot of the characters I have, like I, I kind of have like ongoing, like just sort of like visual versions of characters, like how I always draw Russell Wilson as tiny or how I mm-hmm. always draw uh, Andy Reid as the walrus. Like the fact that they're small and everything is just like a humorous part and I can fit them literally anywhere. And the comic doesn't even have to be about how Andy Reid is a walrus or how Russell Wilson is teeny. It just adds to it. Right. It's but it's part of the character. The don't, yeah. the don't care bear is like a very specific kind of like its own universe sort of deal where mm-hmm. it kind of exists in its own little plane of existence on the draw play. So every time I make a don't care bear comic explicitly, I kind of have to design the comic to be in Care Bear Land in some way. Right. For it to kind of work. That and makes it just, sense. It, it's just a little bit harder to finagle. Mm-hmm. Don't Care Bear was one of those things where I came up with the first one, and I think it's still extremely good, but then people wanted more, and I probably made more than I should have, because it honestly it was more difficult than fun towards the end of it. Is he gonna be in the booth this year i can't remember if he got like picked up again by a team or if that was like last no, year he's, it's he's all not on fucking... a team i think he's just part of like his wife's empire now well wasn't I don't know what he's doing there was a whole thing again because like off-season time dilation right time is a flat circle there was a thing where he was gonna be and i think this happened last year where he was signed on to be an analyst because we talked yeah, about it, right? Be, he was going to be in the booth, and then the Ryan Tannehill died. Yeah, and yeah. Adam Gase coaxed him out of retirement to be like, "Hey, why don't you do this with us?" And he was like, "Okay, I'll take a paycheck for a year to play on a team that isn't going to do shit." Mm-hmm. And that's what he did. And then he retired at the end of that. But I'm looking it up now, and it does not look like he's got anything going on fair yeah he's just he's just himself yeah okay in in his wife's reality show cool yeah i buy it cutler supported presidential candidate mitt romney in 2012 and then trump in 2016 wow fuck i don't like jay cutler anymore yeah well didn't we didn't we i didn't know know he was a shitter i i figured he'd be kind of like apathetic towards politics in general yeah well he's also rich right if you're apathetic for politics in general and you're rich but he's also married to like a californian anti-vaxxer well yeah i mean i don't know not to get not to get deep into not to get too deep into the rabbit hole man but like Anti-vaxxers are conspiracy theorists and 
you know that the the if if you spiral down that way deep enough there's there's it, it, it there's a pretty clear path there um but you know this is a fun podcast so let's not let's not get into that i would yeah let's not depress <laughs> ourselves yeah are there any questions you would have asked me if you had known the ama was there um you can I- Ask me anything, Sam. Sure. Podcast uh, co-host that I've talked to for like three years now. That's, yeah, yo, this is fair. Um, yeah, I, I did, I, I do feel bad that I missed it when I was going on, but um, let me, let me think. Oh, okay, okay. So, uh, wipe, wipe the slate clean, right? Uh, if okay. you're If you're not a Giants fan, you don't have a team affiliation, uh, but everything else is the same. Um, what te- and 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 you like are made to pick another team to support, not just this year, but like in perpetuity. Um, like if you could re-roll your fan base, pretty much, uh, without guilt or without any of the things that currently tie you to the Giants, uh, who would you pick? And I guess why is a is a is a good part of that because like, you know, you could pick like, you could pick the Browns because of the roller coaster like long suffering but high upside kind of thing they've been doing and and whatever you think it'd be at the very least fun, you could pick, the Patriots just because why not you know tie yourself to a known winner and not have any of the uh, the stigma that comes with that, at least personal stigma, right? I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah. I'd be I'd be interested to know. Or like the Bills, because being a Bills fan means you're a crazy person that, that who will get through, like, get thrown See, through a that's, table. That's, I feel like the best art comes through suffering. Yeah, yep. So I, and as a pessimist, I, I feel, well, I, I probably, I've talked about this in multiple places on the comic and probably on the podcast but i had to follow the minnesota vikings for a math project in eighth grade right yes yeah we talked about that a couple months ago actually and basically thanks to like randy moss and dante culpepper who were like the stars at the time they're pretty much I've always had a big soft spot for the vikings and i don't Mm -hmm. think anyone would consider me a big bandwagoner if i was like the vikings i i like purple Purple's always been a cool color to me. I, I like, I've never been to Minnesota, but mm-hmm. just, I've always liked the Vikings. I like the Vikings as a team name. I like, I like their helmets. Oh, like the helmets colors. are really cool. I like their, I like their player history. I love some of their nicknames. And I like the fact that there's sort of an element of the, the woe is me identity in yep. that fan base. Yeah. Yeah. Which fans in fan bases like that tend to be better people because they've they've been hurt Mm -hmm. like it's it's kind of like those calvin and Hobbes comics where like suffering builds character yeah shit it's just like a lot of the the fan bases are pretty I, i actually had a question like this on the on the ama that was just like what what do you think is the actual like most suffering fan base right yeah, yeah yeah yes and it's just like with, with the browns and the bills and the jets and the vikings and 
these teams that have been perpetually snake bitten or losers, mm-hmm. there's that's almost given them their own little sense of identity. Yeah. Yes. Yep. And there's something to be said for that. And I remember thinking that I actually think the most suffering fan base in the league is actually skins fans. It might be. Yeah, actually. Because well, the thing is about the skins, just like, unlike like the bills or the jets or the Browns who haven't been anywhere close, like they haven't won their division in like over a decade they like the lions like haven't won a playoff game in since the 90s the Bengals haven't won a playoff game since like the 80s the bills and the jets have not won their division since tom brady started to exist like there's this sort of like element of suffering to it but like the skins fans they've probably suffered just as much but they occasionally will just win the division Mm-hmm. weekly on like it, it always feels like they win the division when the division is having a down year yeah like whenever the nfc east is having a down year the skins come out on top right like right it's, it's kind of weird so because they occasionally make the playoffs and, and get bounced immediately but they yeah occasionally yeah make the playoffs yeah, yeah. yeah they don't quite get the loser mentality they don't get far enough to get the Vikings kind of curse to them where right. they're getting cock blocked, mm-hmm. but they don't, mm-hmm. but they're not bad enough to be the we're complete garbage. Let's just have fun. People that like the Browns are, it, the, it, so they're just, they're just angry and sad. But at the same time, that's also like the, the one of the other like huge tragedies there is that's gonna, happen in perpetuity because of the decisions that the team owner makes right like like they're stuck that way until snyder's gone which sucks which sucks because like you can always fire a coach you can always like clean house on your team but for your owner to have such a strong hand in the day-to-day of your football team's you know goings-on yeah. There there's no like listen, you saw this happen with like if the Brown if the Browns can get better, if the Browns can become not the Browns, really, right? If mm-hmm. the Browns can can de-Browns themselves by by cleaning house, what hope is there for the Redskins if like if cleaning house won't get rid of the main source of their problems? You know what I mean? Yeah. yikes so i i I genuinely think that the skins fans are probably the most suffering yeah i i i don't disagree with that i also completely agree with you on the subject of like uh a team like a team fan base and a team having an identity of like you get so close but a lot of the best fans have an identity and it usually comes through shared experiences which is one of the reasons why bandwagoners are so irritating yeah when those experiences happen in a positive way all of a sudden you got a whole bunch of newbies coming on who acting who have like always been there or always cared it doesn't feel earned it it doesn't feel earned i think that's the thing when you when you're a fan base and you've and you've been through the lows and then the highs feel earned as opposed to Jeff, 
who's over there in the marketing section of the office uh-huh. who never shown any real care about football, maybe a casual conversation once in a while because he plays fantasy. And then all of a sudden your team is good and he's over there talking to you and wearing the team hat mm-hmm. and everything like that. Like he he didn't he wasn't sad when the team was bad. He just didn't care. Which right. Is fine. Like right. if that's if that's how you go about your fandom, that's fine. But it does give your fan base a bit of a collective identity when all the fans are kind of experiencing these motions. And a lot of it comes from the negative moments mm-hmm. where it's just like everyone who was there through the shit kind of has that sort of same sort of mentality of just like, all right, we did it. Like, this is, this is great. And the Browns fans, they have an identity. Browns, they have a culture. They have an identity. The Lions fans, they have an identity. Eagles fans before the Eagles, yeah, they absolutely had an identity. So that was what what I was going to get into next is how easy that is that um, that identity is to shatter with a win. And I don't think the Eagles ruined it. I really don't think the Eagles ruined it yet because they're still kind of the same. They're the same fans that they've always been. But mm-hmm. you don't have to look far to see fan bases that have. Uh, the Red I Sox. I think the weirdest. Probably, I think the weirdest thing about the Eagles. Um, one, I mean, they've only won one championship so far. Right. Exactly. So that's that's a big deal. But two, the Eagles fan base culture was kind of bolstered by the fact that their identity before the win was already asshole. Yeah. Yeah. So yes. 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 Winning doesn't really make them assholes because they were already assholes right they were already talky jerky assholes now they're just talky jerky assholes with a ring yeah so exactly it, it wasn't that big a leap whereas like the seahawks fans the seahawks were a pretty long-suffering team who were never all that relevant never all that good and then all of a sudden they come out and they dominate the league and they go all the way back-to-back Super Bowls, win the one, come close to winning a couple others. And this fan base, basically like full of transplants who probably didn't even care about football, mm-hmm. is suddenly on top of the world. And it's jarring because nobody gave a shit. Before that moment, being a Seahawks fan wasn't really anything. Right. It yeah. was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, but now they they found this like the twelve identity of being loud. <laughs> it's, it's just it it was way more of a leap, right? Than what Eagles fans went through, and thankfully Seahawks fans the bandwagon has, I think it's officially kind of died down. And it's, everyone, it's a lot. On, yeah, it's a lot less obnoxious now i can't like i can't remember the last time i thought oh god eh, seahawks fans maybe it's because they just haven't been good like or as good for a i think you know, at few this years point, we're, we're at the point where they're far enough removed from the super bowl win yeah and a lot of the big players that were stars on that team outside russ are gone now uh-huh richard yep. sherman's gone Cam yeah the, Kanzler's gone. the legion Marshall of boom Lynch is, is gone. dead like they're yeah. gone. so that phase of the team is over and with it probably the attention spans of the casuals mm-hmm. but yep. 
that team also probably like the one thing I will always like sort of defend bandwagoners for is that we all kind of start as bandwagoners. That's like, true. Our fandoms. Like if you think about it, every every fan is ultimately a bandwagon fan when they begin. Mm-hmm. You have no reason to care about a team, and then the team gives you a reason to care about them. And after that point, you either stay a casual or lose interest completely after that sort of team goes away, or you become ingrained. You become part of it. It becomes part of you. Mm-hmm. And so, like, as awful and annoying as the 12s were during the peak of Seahawks history, it probably did a lot to make that fan base better. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Are you kidding me? A lot of those people that didn't give a shit about football are now fans and are now following the team. And now they've suffered a little bit. So it's, they're in it. They're in the shit now. Yeah. Even though the team is still making the playoffs and still kind of coming down off of that win, Mm -hmm. they've experienced some bad with the good. So, I can't remember how this tangent started. Well, it was, it was about, like, if if you could, you know, glom onto another fan base, right? Oh, yeah. But, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I Listen, at some level, a team's identity, a team's brand is manufactured, right? Not even on some yeah. level. On pretty much every level, a, a team's brand identity is manufactured. That, like, whenever a team... Uh, comes into a new market if a team moves or if a team is just created uh, you'll see like teams hire like literal like marketing teams and PR firms to like come up with ways for a fan base to build an identity and build a community and like what to build all those damn hashtags yeah I mean yeah but it's Keep pounding, hashtag Uh rise up, hashtag go fuck yourself. But it's all, it's all, it's all to like, even if it's grounded in, and it it almost always is, right? If, even if it's grounded in like, uh, the history of the city or town or, um, or like some famous moment in, in sports history in the city or, or whatever, um, it is, you know, it's, it's manufactured, but again, it's, I think, I don't know. I feel like that's necessary at some point it, on some level, right? Like to, to bring a community together, you know, you need that, it you helps. sometimes need that spark. It certainly helps it. And it's fun when you're a part of that community, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. sort of deal at, as a Giants fan, the Giants fucking boring in terms of branding. They're just like old money, so they don't have any hashtags or anything like that. Mm-hmm. That shit doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. So I, I, it always felt a little f- it. As a cynical asshole, it always feels a little fake when I see that kind of stuff. But I, there's also sure. a part of me that's definitely jealous. That's like, oh, all these Seahawks fans could be like, yeah, go twelve. They can all wear number twelve, and they could be like, yeah, that's cool. Well, it is. I mean, the thing is, it is it is fake, right? And I think a lot of people know it, you know, even even fans that buy into it know that it's fake and it's manufactured. But at some level, at least for me, it doesn't matter if it's fake, if you like the people you hang out with and enjoy, like, having fun chanting and, like, singing the songs and rooting for your team, you know? That's true. 
Yeah, that's true. Anyway. Anyway. We have, like, actual kind of, eh, kind of news to talk about uh, this week. Yeah. Some things actually happened. The Antonio Brown drama has kind of worn worn itself down. Yeah, I'm not sure if I, like, the, the news report I saw was... Um, hazy at best with the details but from what i remember it was like he wasn't holding out really he was pissed about the helmet but that's not why he was holding out it was just a weird coincidence of timing with his foot injury and he was getting a second opinion or something um Mm -hmm. so he brought what he brought his agent when he came back to practice to try and smooth everything over and was like was like no i mean i'm not i'm gonna play i'm gonna play i just want i just want to find a, a comfy helmet that i can wear i guess it's it still is funny that he kept trying to like in in increasingly ridiculous ways sneak the helmet on um yeah but but yeah i i this is this appears to have been another I mean, story that it, was overblown this might have been a um overblown due to media already latching on to someone who's already been a drama bomb situation yes yeah oh a hundred are you fucking kidding me yes absolutely i am not fucking kidding you sam how Mm. dare you (laughs) (sighs) obviously i was hoping that it would be ludicrous well yeah we were talking about this last week right like come on yeah Come on, come on, Antonio, be a complete nut job. But yeah, his foot is fucked up, so that's that's really the root of it. If you mm-hmm. think about it, your feet are your roots, so of course it's the root of it. It's true. What it's else? True. What else happened? Oh, I, so I have a theory. Yes. And anyone who's listening to this will probably have already seen the comic that I am currently making. And may have seen my surprisingly good numbers tweet that I made yesterday. But I think Andrew Luck actually died three years ago. Oh, man. I buy it. I buy it. And essentially, the Colts have put robot parts and have been puppeting him for three years. And last year, everyone was kind of thrown off the scent because they got a really good lineman and some good weapons around him. So he wasn't really getting touched and he w- and they could just execute the program correctly and puppet him very easily. But now it's like he's got a small bone issue in his foot. Mm-hmm. Which, when it comes to feet and small bones, I just think Rex Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. No, I, bu- I completely Luck- buy it. Andrew Luck has had a extremely weird injury history with the Colts. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not flattering to the Colts because it really feels like they're trying to cover things up and not healing it properly. And Andrew Luck is slowly falling apart. Right. Even more so because he's he's dead. You know, he's. He's dead, but his dead tissue, the necrosis, has started, 
and things are starting to rot. Yeah. And they still have to parade him out there because they don't have a replacement yet and they don't want to admit that he's dead. But he's dead. Andrew Luck died. Like, I'm sorry. It, if you like Andrew yep. Luck, I I think he's gone. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to do a side-by-side of, like, of the photos and, like, check the earlobes and the nasolabial folds and make sure that everything lines up. Because I, I really do think you're on to something. I think he's dead. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I agree. Let's let's get it trending. We need the truth. We need an investigation. We need to we need to know how how long has Andrew Luck been dead for? Is it three years? It is. Investigation is, over. Mm-hmm. Is this a um? Now the thing is, like, could they do like a is Paul McCartney dead situation and theoretically just replace him with a guy who looks a lot like Andrew Luck? I mean, yeah, I I assume that that is that is what they've already done. Right. I I, I mean, I am I am assuming that there is a a, like secret underground like black site in Indianapolis where they host uh, yearly, maybe monthly or weekly Andrew Luck tryout. Right, depending on if someone gets <laughs> injured or plays poorly, right? It's it's can it's you a imagine the, it's the intensity of the NDA that those people have to have to sign? Oh my I god! I mean, the, obviously, I, I wonder if they even know that they're auditioning to be Andrew Luck when they audition. If they go, if they're going down into the like the the secret compartment, they're just like, we want you at. Maybe they'd be like they're portraying it as like a tryout situation. Just like, hey, we're opening the tryouts to the public. We heard you could throw a football, and you, and you like you're tall and you look like a prototypical NFL quarterback. Can we just see what you do and if you work? And the people who don't fit the bill get down there and they suck. Uh-huh. They get kicked out. And they don't really know what's going on. They just think it was like a weird gig for a commercial that they didn't get or something like that. Mm-hmm. But then the actual candidates, like a men in black style thing, they get brought into like this other room. Yeah. And identities get erased and they're wiped off the planet and they have to basically sign an NDA saying like, no, this is your name now. You are Andrew Luck now. Yes. Yes. You are. You are have now you ever- Andrew Luck. Have you ever seen the movie Dave? Dave? It's it's a like, movie starring Kevin Klein. See, I was the, I called, thought you were talking about the the Magnum Opus Meet Dave. No. <laughs> Although ironically that has a almost similar related die tangent uh premise, but mm-hmm. no, I'm thinking it's like a 1990 movie with Kevin Klein and Sigourney Weaver. Essentially, the premise of the movie is there's the president of the United States and and then there's this other guy named Kevin Klein who does impressions of him because he looks exactly like him because Kevin Klein is playing both characters. But effectively, <laughs> Kevin nice. Kevin Klein's character named Dave is just like a local dude who like owns a little shop mm-hmm. and he gets pegged by security to essentially pretend to be the president during like a parade where he just has to sit back and wave far away from the cameras 
to impersonate the president so that the actual president can go have an affair. Mm-hmm. While the president is having an affair, he has a brain aneurysm and it is put into a coma. So Dave essentially keeps having to pretend he's the president. And it, and then that's like the story of just like, Holy shit. Sigourney Weaver is like the, the first lady and she figures out pretty quickly that he's not her. Husband. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And it basically becomes a story about how the actual president who is dying in a coma was a really shitty person and how Dave is actually a good person. And he starts to become at odds with like one of his cabinet members. And he's actually like making positive changes for the country Uh and everyone starts to really like him. And then at the end of the movie, he fakes having a heart attack so that they can actually, and then there's another day president died. Oh God. (laughs) So the president actually dies. And then Dave pretending to be the president fakes a heart attack at the end of a big grand speech in front of Congress so that they can, he can stop pretending to be the president before people find out that he's not the real president and he can go back to his normal life and they, everything can advance normally. It's, it's honestly a charming little movie. Mm-hmm. If you, if you find, I think it might be on Netflix, some buried somewhere, but if you got two hours and you don't have to pay like super close attention to it, it's a, it's a fun little charming movie. Fair. Anyway, yeah, that that appears to be what's going that, on with Andrew that, Luck. That's except. what's happening with Andrew Luck is where that tangent is. Like, Andrew Luck was replaced with Dave. Mm-hmm. Dave mm-hmm. is playing Andrew Luck. And at some point, Dave is going to get very injured and his career will end. and Or maybe he'll get in a car crash or something like that. And it'll be really sad. But Andrew Luck was already dead. Right. So we'll all be mourning the Andrew Luck we think is Andrew Luck, but it was actually just Dave. Yeah, I'm wondering how long they can keep the con up, right? It ha- Like, last gonna, year it they're... seemed like they, they found a way to do it, but now, now he's dealing with a small bone issue which is like the most vague shit it's really in the vague world. yeah yeah that i mean that's that's literally the shit that trump made up to get out of military service right like it's it's not it's it's vague it's unprovable and it's you know it's it's suspect <laughs> andrew luck please so i i think we need to contract some people Mm -hmm. maybe see if we could figure out who who is actually playing andrew luck yeah yeah listen if if you are if you are andrew luck quote unquote air quotes andrew luck if you are andrew luck uh send us a tip uh we have a a public gmail account for tips uh or you can just just like DM Just us. Tell us on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Find us on post, Twitter. Post DM us. We, on my Facebook page, something like that. We guarantee your anonymity. Um, we mm-hmm. won't. We won't blow up your spot. We know that uh, your your employers are, um, uh, you know, going to be litigious about this kind of stuff. So we we are uh, uh, sensitive to that. Um, mm-hmm. But but yeah, get in touch with us if you're the real Andrew Luck, the real fake Andrew Luck. We want to know, and we we want to know anything you can tell us because this story is important. Mm-hmm. Like, we need to know like what you know, 
just about the cult's organization, about Andrew Luck's actual existence, because his family deserves to know he's dead. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Yep. Oh, God. That's probably the biggest news I can think of this week, is that Andrew Luck is actually dead. Well, the that's true. That's very true. There, There is also the news of, of oh, boy, um the the thing where uh jay-z's uh what is it is it rock nation um yeah 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 rock nation is now partnering with the nfl uh to do like halftime entertainment and stuff in a pretty i I don't know it just it it's just pretty bleak and makes me squinchy because jay-z was always like in super support of colin kaepernick and tried to rail against all of the things that that are shitty about the NFL. Uh, and it appears as if he has been bought off and I don't I don't love it. Uh, there's there's some boilerplate language in the press release about like enhancing the social justice efforts. So, like, I mean, I I don't know. Like, if you're a fucking mark, there's reason to be optimistic here, but if you're not a fucking mark, there isn't i don't know man (laughs) i don't know it's i just don't like it i you know that's a bummer Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh oh we we, okay so supposedly dak prescott turned down 30 million a year and is seeking 40 million yeah yes obviously he's not going to get 40 million i think that's just negotiations he's probably going to get low 30s but do you think dak prescott is worth 32 million dollars a year no i mean okay so so the thing with uh, the thing with dak prescott and zeke elliott is the the only reason this is working is because they're both holding out right yep um i think that i think that they are first of all i think they're really good friends second of all i think that like if one of them leaves the team, everything falls apart. I I honestly think that that they have that thing, like that backyard baseball thing of like you want both the twins on your team because they both make each other better. I like in my heart of hearts, I believe that about them. I think that I think that Dak Prescott, the quarterback, is not worth forty million dollars, you know, by a long shot, right? But. I think that it might be worth it to the Dallas Cowboys to give both Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott money that they don't necessarily deserve in order to lock both of them up. Does that make sense? There's also the Amari Cooper situation. They're going to have to pay to keep it. Like this is super interesting because I feel like there's a very good chance that no matter what happens, the Cowboys suffer for it. Yep. And I'm yep. 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 Super pumped about it. Absolutely. If, if you if you go all in, you pay Zeke, uh-huh. then you've then you alienate Dak, and Zeke plays a less important position. So now you've sunk a bunch of money into a running back but zeke is clearly the better player yes who's actually the one who's carrying the load and is the heart of this team's offense so do you pay the better player who plays a less important position or do you pay the more important position but worse player Mm -hmm. 
And also, do you keep the receiver locked up at the same time? Like, there's a pretty good chance that no matter what the Cowboys do, it's going to somehow blow up in their faces. Yeah. And it makes me really happy. That's, see, that's feel, the thing. I feel like Dak is the breaking point here. Uh-huh. Like, they, they, might, they might stick Zeke with a short-term high contract where it's just like for two years he gets paid super well but then after that they can probably cut him because they expect him to fall off a cliff after a certain point right but Dak like you gotta lock that shit up and Dak Dak's on the Dalton line which I see where he's he's good enough that Uh he could still pan out into something worth being in front or he could also get sour and never improve but he, you don't know which one it is yet. It's true. That's so very true. So paying him is a risk. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I hope it blows up in their faces so hard. I I really do think it will. Shut up, Lou. <laughs> one of the questions of AMA was like, how's the dog? And dog An is- asshole. If I remember correctly, you said good, but an asshole. She's, she is an asshole, but she gets away with things because she's cute. Mm-hmm. Right now, she's locked on the other side of the office door, unhappy because I'm the only one home. So she wants to like be in here, being annoying, and I'm not letting her. I'm just sitting here talking about her, and I can tell that she's like sticking her nose down at the bottom of the door. Like, why am I not in here playing with you? Why are we not going for our stroll? Why are we not? doing this thing i want attention please give me attention mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do uh. not get a dog that has part border collie in it <laughs> listeners <laughs> unless you got a farm do not get a dog that is part border collie it was a mistake rough oh no no uh. oh, i didn't even mean to do uh. that i was so this is a good one. Oh, boo. Boo. Okay. Yeah, it was, this is kind of all I could think of in terms yeah, of... Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's been a nice... I, you know what? I, here, you, you talked about this a little bit in the AMA, too. Uh, this is one of my favorite parts of the, like, football kind of news cycle. Because we're start... It's, it's, it is a manageable trickle of news right the fr- i i hate the first week of the season um in terms of in terms of keeping up with nfl stuff not in terms of like yeah. oh cool yeah i get to watch the games that's awesome right kickoff week is great but mm. but the first couple weeks in terms of like keeping up with the whole like everything and especially like on the podcast and for you as someone who like makes you know comics it just feels very overwhelming just because it's like it's been this kind of slow like it's been nothing and then this kind of slow manageable trickle yeah. of news and now everything so yeah, i'm kind of i'm kind of enjoying that's the biggest thing i cuz i was actually thinking about that question afterward too and essentially like i said like the worst part is july because yeah yeah like, yeah like june june is when i'm normally like I've got a whole bunch of ideas that I've had on the back burner for months that just didn't have a place. 
mm-hmm. in in the news cycle. But then once June hits and the news has essentially stopped, or maybe like one mild story a week, that's when I can do all of those dumb ideas. Which right, is, right. It's like my my Kirby sucking Nick Foles comic and then turning into a very large penis. Like I had uh-huh. that comic like in my back pocket since like September. Mm-hmm. And I finally had a time where I was like, nothing else is happening. I can finally make this comic. Right. July, July is the worst because at that point I've run out of my backup ideas mm-hmm. and there's nothing happening even more. But after July, early September is absolutely the worst because it's not so much like the same amount of stuff and news stories is probably happening like week one as opposed to week 17. The problem is in week one, because the season just started, we don't know what's important yet. Right. Yeah. Every team is essentially given equal value in the news because it's like, we don't know which of these teams are good yet. We don't know where the big narratives of the season are going to come from. So we just Mm -hmm. have to attach all. So when I'm trying to choose material, like, well, something's happening with the, like at the beginning of last season, the Bengals were really good for like three games. The Bengals were super good. And then obviously that became nothing by the end of the year. But at the beginning of the season, it looked like, well, the Bengals might be a storyline. So like, that's what makes September such chaos because i'm like i have to choose something out of all these news stories to talk about but i may pick something that ends up being completely and utterly irrelevant and and without like without fail you do or at least i know that i do i glom onto these stories on the podcast that mean nothing in the long run then i look like a fucking idiot right Because you like you can't you only have so much mental energy and time and whatever to like to devote to this. You have no idea what's going to be important, and it's a it's a fucking crapshoot. It is a nightmare, but yeah, that, that that's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up because I feel like that's probably a pretty good place to end it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that is a good place to end it. If you guys didn't see the AMA, uh, it's. It's not directly on the front page anymore, but it, you can just search my um, my social media for it, and you can probably still ask a question. I still check Reddit. Right. I don't really comment at all, but obviously since I've been getting comments and messages over the past day, I'll answer you, because, hey, I'm there. Or you could always just ask me something directly on Twitter or Facebook, like, or maybe in the comments section of the comics but yeah go ahead look at that if you're interested if you got questions you want to ask me go for it i i'll be happy to answer it um sam yes what if we want to ask you questions uh you can you can ask me anything over on twitter at sam grezes s-a-m-g-r-e-s-z-e-s and on twitch and instagram at robots fighting dinosaurs dave I'm Drop Play Dave. You can find me on Twitter at Drop Play Dave, on Facebook at Drop Play Comic, on Instagram at Drop Play Dave, on Reddit as a celebrity, <laughs> and of course on thedropplay.com. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week as we get closer and closer to real, genuine football.
Hey Mike, what are you doing? I was just thinking about this idea for a Hook sequel with way more alcoholism and PTSD. Hey, what if we made a sequel to Space Jam, where instead of Michael Jordan playing basketball, they play Quidditch and it's with Daniel Radcliffe? What about A Bug's Life 2, but it's a heist? Or a sequel to Good Burger, where Kel is an heir to an inheritance, and he has a long-lost twin who is also played by Kel Mitchell. Also, Groundhog's Day, what if- Hold on, Madison. Why don't we put these pitches for movies that never got sequels or prequels on our podcast, The Equalizers? Oh, you mean the one we release every Monday on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and all other places podcasts are found? Yeah, that one. Ooh, and maybe sometimes we have some of our writer friends on as well to hear their wild ideas for sequels or prequels. Okay, but can you promise me no sequels with body horror, communist themes, or talk about John C. Riley's penis? I can't, and I won't. Great. Well, my Monday mornings just got pretty fucking weird. All of ours have, Madison. All of ours have. Find the Equalizers podcast everywhere podcasts are found, as well on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching The Equalizers. That's E-Q-U-E-L-I-Z-E-R-S, like in sequel. Hi, I'm Sophie Lesnin Redacted. I'm Mara Sunshine. If you're like us, you grew up in the 90s and are now sad, sad adults. And that's okay. There's a lot to be sad about in today's world. If you've been paying attention at all, you know that the world is in a tight spot right now. And two people working 45 minutes once a week can't change that. So, we took that time and started a Sailor Moon podcast. Join us every Friday as we combat that creeping sense of dread we all feel in our hearts by recapping our favorite magical girl anime. Because hey, the world sucks. But Sailor Moon's a cool show. 